I always felt like I saw and heard ghosts and I've been quite sensitive since I was a child, but um, I think it's always like spooked me. I've never gone there because of that. And so I was quite proud that I allowed myself to open up and be open to the experience and allow dad in the spirit world come and through and talk to me. Mm. My sister, who was also struggling at the time, my youngest sister, she booked it in with somebody separate the next week. They said the exact same things. Hi, and welcome to The Soft and Curious with me, Jessica Lay. Hopefully, some of these conversations can inspire thoughts and ideas that can potentially have the power to change your mind on a subject or change your entire experience of this life. Now on to the show. Hello, everyone. I wanted to introduce my guest today and... She is Penelope Benson. Oh, wait, she changed her name. Actually, I'm going to keep that because she's been Penelope Benson to me for so many years, but she is Penelope Savoranos. And her name has changed recently, and that is to honor her father, who recently passed away. And he was a phone book Greek, I think we say, which is someone who immigrated to this country um, or whose parents rather immigrated and had, you know, an ethnic sounding last name and changed their name based on the phone book. They opened up a page and Benson resonated. And since he's passed away or while he was still with us, she um, was in the process of changing her name to honour her heritage. And so she is Penelope Savoranos. And I'm still getting used to saying it. <laughs> um, but that's what we're going to talk a lot about today. We're going to talk about my best friend, P and her journey in the last year, which has been dealing with her grief, which has come on since losing her father in February. And I always think with grief, as someone who has lost my father also, and I know many people out there, once you sort of get into your 30s especially, it's sort of that age where it becomes less and less uncommon for people around you to lose loved ones. And I think grief is such an important thing to deal with with your community and talk to your friends and stay open and Penelope is someone who is so open. She is kind of this mystical witch in my life in the best possible way who just, I feel like, sees the magic in everything and she hasn't really ever lost her twinkle for believing in the supernatural and the magical and the very, very special. And so we discuss not only her grief, but also how she has looked across and all over the world for signs and messages uh, that have come to her to help her come to terms with her life without her father. I wanted to speak about this Leo Tolstoy quote, which is, only people who are capable of loving strongly can also suffer great sorrow. But this same necessity of loving serves to counteract their grief and heals them, which I think is just so poignant and powerful. And I know that people have talked in the past about how grief is the price you pay for loving someone so deeply. And 
P and I sort of discuss how maybe our loved ones never really leave us. And that is the philosophy which helps us move on through life, experiencing not only the sadness that maybe our loved ones have gone, but a bit kind of an ability to still enjoy life. I hope you enjoy this soft and curious conversation with myself and Penelope Savarnos. Hey, P-Dog. Hey, JBL. <laughs> Not that I have ever call you that. You never call Hi, me Jessica. that. Hi, Jessica. You always call me Jessica. Always. You're like my brother and sister. Yeah. You never, ever really call me Jess. No. Never. You call me Jessica. And I really call you Penelope. I don't. Yeah. I think I call you P sometimes. That's right. We're just loosening up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just calling each other the names. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. Uh, how how mm. is it? I haven't seen you in like a month, more than a month. How long? Three months. I lost. I last saw you. You left me in August in Greece. Yeah, yeah, early I did. August. So it's been like three months. Yeah, that that feels fucking it's weird. Wild. It doesn't it really feel like that. that last. And before that, I didn't see you for like six months. Yeah, I know we've been a bit apart this year. Now it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what are your res- resolutions? Um, <laughs> I hate that shit. Um, but you've had a big year. You've had, had a big year. year. Yeah, you've had a bit of a winter of a year, even though you've avoided winter completely. It's been a long, long winter. Yeah. Years of winter, no, I shouldn't say that. But um, I feel like everyone's had a big year. I tend to not really, like, I guess, like, divert from the spotlight. But I should give myself, I guess this is, a, you're interviewing me today, but yeah, it's yeah. a big year. It's on you. Yeah. But also, it's more, I think everyone should know the backstory is like, P and I have been friends since we were in our late teens. Mm-hmm. We met at a club. Are you Penelope? Yes. <laughs> no. It was more like, are you Jessica? And then we got to being friends. Um, and yeah, we've, we haven't really parted since, which is nice. Mm. Lived in all these different countries together. I feel like every time you go somewhere, I end up there anyway. <laughs> yeah, or vice vice versa. Yeah, Greece was really fun this year. That was it. That was a fun mm. part. But I feel like in Italy, we finally made it to Italy together because your brother and sister live in Italy. We did, and I've been promising to go for so long. No, it, was, it was yeah. We've had some special times for sure. Yeah. Tell me about your year. How how did it start, and how have you? Because you've covered a lot of ground. I feel. Um, well, I guess I'll start from the very beginning. So my father passed away in February. He um, fell ill a few years ago. Um, it was in 2020. So I think it was that his illness was very much part of those, you know, years that, or themes that we all went through at the same time. So that just, that that um, Like the pandemic period. Pandemic period. And yeah, so his journey kind of just coincided with all those things as well so not saying it was harder than anyone else's couple of years but it was just what it was in my experience so um yeah it kind of happened early 2020 and then yeah so I moved down to Sydney um I was living in Byron for Mm. about six or seven years prior to then I'd also met somebody and um my agency at the time was down there so brought everything brought me down there and yeah so hung out with him for a couple of years just to put it all into a nutshell yeah um 
And he eventually passed in February after, yeah, I don't know if two or three years is a long road on the spectrum of like roads of, you know, the road of illness, but like for us and him, it's pretty long to suffer, I feel. And it really was a traumatic, like suffering, like, you know, cancer is not easy for anyone ever really, but it's like, you know, it it seemed particularly cruel. No, absolutely. And look, he nearly died. Is it okay to say that? He nearly died multiple times um, with his illness. He had stage four um, bowel cancer. So, um, but look, he, it was a testament to his character. And, but um, in the end he was, he, you know, he really, and he even said it to me six months before he died when he nearly, one time he nearly died six months. He, you know, he told me, he said to me, you know, that's when I was particularly taken, um, you're not ready, I, I guess, for that to happen. I, I think I begged him one night at the hospital. I was like, don't die. And he was just like, I'm trying. Mm. And, but um, so, yeah, I think I really believe that he, that, you know, somebody's will does really play into how long they last. So he had a lot to live for. So anyway, he passed away in February and um, I always knew when he did eventually pass away that I was going to go away. So I'd been meaning to travel for a few years um, when a relationship didn't work out in 2020, even though my dad was ill back then. It was still, you know, it was manageable and he hadn't been given a death sentence. So I was actually planning to move overseas in 2020, but because of everything, pandemic, pandemic, dad, whatever, um, I didn't get to go until this year. So, um, I knew as soon as that happened, I would probably go not long after. And so I basically fled in February because I felt that if someone else got sick in my life or something else terrible happened whilst I was in Australia, I wasn't going to be physically able to take care of that person just because of everything that we had been through as a family. And personally, you know, I will say, you know, quite openly, like my father became, or his illness became my identity. Um, I didn't really have a social life for a very long time. Like, yes, I had moved my life down there. Um, but when it got really like, you know, really bad, we were by his bedside, you know, not just in the hospital towards the end, but like that last year was just. I think the thing is, is that's a very natural thing, isn't it? Like, and it's not something that everyone can step up to do sometimes, especially if their lifestyle doesn't permit it. And like, when you work for yourself, you can kind of you know, be there a lot more, which I think you did. You like very much, Mm. I think when you say that like your, his illness became your identity, I think you very much, yeah, you were taking care of Mm. as, as were so many other people in your family, but you were taking care of someone who could no longer, Mm. you know, take care of, of, of what they needed. And, and I think that that's so beautiful because, you know, I, I've personally, when my dad died, which was with no notice, my, my father passed away for everyone listening, um, in 2019, he had a heart attack and died very suddenly with Mm. no notice. Um, Mm. and yet I wasn't there caring for him or anything, but I felt the need to like get up and move and like change my scenery. And I went home to New Guinea, you know, Mm. to be with my family and everything like that and stayed for quite a while. And then I think it's interesting that you went to Greece and that's where your dad's from and where you stayed for such a long time. So I think that that's just such a natural instinct that a lot of people don't or can't afford themselves to like, hmm. oh, you know, I've... go back to your roots sort of thing after grief. Yeah. I mean, I feel I've, like really it's uh, after everything, 
all the tears and whatever and what's to come, I've had the most blessed year as well. So, yeah, yes, I feel like, as I said, after all that, I still feel I haven't written my apology letters to everyone I've met or known in the past years who I have not been able to give time to um, or have just had to constantly say no to. So I will still do that. But like, yes, I've essentially been coming back, going back and forth from or Athens. I've kind of been based in Athens for the past few months, but been returning or moving around Greece for about the last six months, if we're going to take it, you know. But I feel like you've been there and then you've been kind of just going into, like, it's almost like physically you're there, but you're also, and I don't want to make this like a, you know, podcast about grief and and everything, but I do think that at the same time, I feel like it's, it's like so in, encapsulating of like what actually when it happens to you, when you lose a parent, you mm-hmm. don't realize, like, especially if you're close with them. I mean, I think I've spoken to people who weren't really close with their why parents. Don't we make and, it about grief? I think we're both pretty articulate yeah. in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, um, I, I want to, I mean, well, yeah, I think it's, it's good for people to hear how some people process and, you know, I think the way that you've you've kind of processed this year has been really incredible. Like, you know, and watching you go through it because I know as someone who went, it's funny mm. because, you know, as I just a, couldn't as a, do it here. Yeah. And as a circle of friends, you know, mm. it's like, um, we've, a few of our friends have lost their fathers in a row. Mm. You know, I think my, my, yeah, we're yeah. the dead dad's club. I, I know. I <laughs> most terrible club that you do not want to join but somehow mm. they've got this Sorry, fucked Dad. up membership I know I've yeah but it is it's He's like fine. yeah they're fine um no but I think it's really interesting to watch all of my friends especially after it happened to like me and it happened to people before me as well like my cousins and stuff like that but I think to go through it in friendship group is really interesting and watching people go on their path and just like mm. living in allowance of someone in grief like you know I think allowing them to move if they want or not move Mm. or just fucking sit there like you know or become throw themselves into so many different things good or bad for them Mm. like you know even good relationships bad relationships good jobs bad jobs just allow them to be human I think that's how I've looked at you know you and the other girls past few years it's just like when those things happen I I think that the the compassion that should always be there you know it finally finally, and then you go ah you do, and it's, everything's just like you just I live think we're in hard on ourselves. We're hard on our friends. We expect a lot from you know the people that are close to us. So I think it's yeah, I do think that too. And it's only because you want the best for people that you can sometimes live in that like little judgy state. Mm. But it's it's been really interesting how almost three years in a row we've or more than that lost a parent or in the mm. process of losing one, and then proceed with caution. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we've all just been like you know, living in this strange allowance of each other. And it's because we have this like innate understanding. And obviously we Mm. lost our fathers in really different ways, Mm. but it's, um, yeah, I I hate it. I hate this stage of life where, you know, you feel like you're going to get that call from a friend. But I also think that um, it's, it's like the only purpose I think of grief or having grief is that you can kind of help someone else going through it. That's literally Mm. the only fucking point. I also think as well it does remind me of um, not to make extra morbid, but buckle up, it might just head that way. Um, <laughs> but when I was unwell, when I was 25 as well, I only really, um, not because they were like me, but I was actually only genuinely interested in people that were, go- had, were going through or had gone through what I 
was going through. So I had, I had Hodgkin's lymphoma when I was 25 and <clears throat> there wasn't really social media around then, but there were forums and blog, you know, online groups and things like that. And when I also just met people um, who, in that, you know, when it naturally came up in conversation, like I was only really interested in people who, was ha- who had like you know, experiences like mine. So it's similar in this instance. And it's funny, I think I spoke about this with you earlier in the year, that but the people that naturally came into my life mm-hmm. or I was speaking to at events or parties or whatever around those months, it, it, you couldn't make this shit up. It was just people who were like, that's happened, you know, I've also lost a parent or like it was, yeah, the the co- I mean, nothing's a coincidence, but it was funny. And I was really grateful for that because that really helped. And you know what? I hate to say it, but it's it's helped having you as a friend and you go before me and, you know, the girls, Ruby and Harriet, go, go before us as well. It, unfortunately, um, it has really helped because I, you know, it hasn't felt, it, I haven't felt so alone. A hundred percent. I feel like it was like only someone who told me on the day of my dad's funeral, he, this person just said to me, I just want you to know that it's going to feel better. Like I'm proof. And I'm like, oh my God. Mm. Like it was actually, it's such an interesting, um, yeah, like you just don't almost don't want to go up and like evangelize to anyone. Like your life's going to be mm. fine and you're going to be great. And like, you know, because you want to coming them... from the person with a like nuclear family yeah. still intact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you want them to also, but when it happens to you, you're like, mm. I just want you to know, like, you know, it's, it's pretty fucking shit, but you're going to be okay. Mm. But I just think that you're, um, I think more practically though, it, has there been like books that you've read, podcasts you've listened to, words that have gotten you through like more than, you know, while you've been through? Because I feel like you've been um, kind of ferociously, you're always like a ferocious consumer of like information and reading and everything like that. Sempre nonfiction. Yes. And personal development. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, although I have read a couple of books in the past year that... Um, I think they were based on true stories. That's probably as close as I'll get to anything that's made up. One of the most beautiful books, actually, that I did finish. It was, um, and I wrote, so basically I wrote it down at the time. He hadn't passed away yet, but I felt because of this experience I was having, or phenomenon, I should say, of people coming to my life who were like, my, you know, I've lost it. It was just, you could, as I said, you couldn't have made it up. Um I wrote it down saying you can recognize a face. That's I felt like, yeah, you could recognize somebody that had lost somebody mm. close to them because you could just see it in their faces. And I think I might have said it to you. And then anyway, I read, I bought it early on when I had got to got to Greece in May. It's hard to find English books there. Um, good I mean not hard, but good ones that you want to read, and especially for me. Like anyway, so I bought Joan Didion. Um, the year of magical thinking. Oh, yeah. So it's about when she, it's the year when, when she lost her, um, her partner, her long time, you know, long time husband. And um, yeah, I, I originally thought, because I know that she lost her daughter as well. I originally thought it was about going to be about losing both of them, but it was just about losing John and Anyway, so she basically is just talking about her experience and her thoughts. I think she's just probably a neuro, neuro, has neuro, neurotic as well, but like she's she's honestly like thought about everything as far as like, you know, death and grief. And she wrote this, she's in one of her chapters, she said the same thing that on the long the lines of you can tell in someone's face that when someone's lost somebody or. Yeah. Anyway, that was a really helpful book because 
I guess it just, you know, wasn't, our experiences weren't identical, but it's just, yeah, you can just be like, oh yeah, I went through that and I'm going through that now. Like I was absolutely looking for lifelines. I saw a medium. Um, I know. I, that's what I wanted to talk yeah. to you about because I think that like that's one one of the ways in Let's our friendship that we really <laughs> differ <laughs> is that like I am so, I first of yes. all, I totally believe in ghosts. <laughs> I have seen them. I've felt them. I am very, but I'm pretty woo-woo adjacent in the fact of like when I come, like I feel like when I'm in foreign countries that are very mm. like, um, I don't know, just it, I'm more open and then, yeah, I'm I'm not really into psychics or anything like that, but I've definitely, I think I've only ever seen a psychic with you. Mm. Um, but, and she said I was closing myself off. <laughs> I can't even remember what she said, but she was like, she's like, did you know the girl that came in before you? Because, you know, um, I feel a similar energy, but like, you're just so closed off. And yeah, it was pretty interesting. Where was this? That was in Byron. Oh, that, in, in, I know. She's... No, no good. She's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, she didn't really give us much. But th- this is where we differ is because you are you go right into that, like, world. Like, I have to always ask you to um, be my kind of translator of star science and human design and all that kind of stuff. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Surprise! you didn't start off with <laughs> astrologically profiling me, but that's okay. Do you, you want to tell everyone what you are? <laughs> I am an Aquarius sun. <laughs> Of course. Aquarius Sun, Gemini Rising, if you can't tell, um, and Cancer Moon. Yeah. And I can go on, but and I'm but I won't. And um, you're and sake of this not being about that. And, and I'm you're a horrified. projector, um, three five spleen ink projector in human design. Beautiful. Yeah, anyway. And aren't we the same in human design? Projectors, yeah. Yeah. Lots of rest. Yes. Only you know, good for working <laughs> two to three hours a day at best. Because we, because we, because we come up with like, because people like drink our sparkle. That's what yeah, I, they, I heard. They so suck us dry, and we, cause, and we, because we don't have access to our own energy. We get it from other people. But, so um, we need to go away, and we like, are also the guys of the world. So like, people do come to us, and you know. But we're yeah. What are our bad qualities? If we are aligned, we're only meant to come down. Like we're like the little bird in the tree that comes down, because I can see everything. What's going good, you know, right and wrong. We, so we're meant to come down, you know, momentarily from. The, our perch, tell everyone what to do, what's going, you know, and then go back up and rest. Yeah. And put our feet up. But anyway. That is very me. I digress. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that as well. <laughs> On a podcast. Well, making all your Luke dreams story. come true today. Um, <clears throat> what have been the most profound times that you've seen a medium? I'm curious because you, I had, feel like you have some seriously, like, spooky experiences. I've seen... It, this year was the first medium I've seen. I mean, I've seen a lot of like future projectors when I say like, you know, psychics and oh, they're different. tarot readers, but mediums are people who can speak to people who have passed or in the spirit realm. <gasps> but yeah, that is because I, when I, the reason why I did it though, I've always been pretty spooked by that section of the new age. But um, going back to that, to that time, I was still in Italy and I was, you know, suffering quite a bit and um there were a few things that happened in the moment that he died that stayed because I was with him and I saw and stayed with me and I was having it's so actually cliche I was kind of having flashbacks and so those flashbacks were kind of telling me like he he's suffering he's still suffering he didn't want to die um because I think you had some PTSD 
I think, for sure, like flashback type stuff. Yeah, I think there yeah. were just some, some things. He basically a tear fell from his eyes he, and, he, you know, as he died. Mm. And, and there are a couple of other things. And, you know, he ne- he always he voc- he always vocalised and he never wanted to die and it scared him. And so that kind of like all came up during the Italy period. And um, so that's why I read, you know, actually, no, I didn't read that book yet. I was just like, what, what can I do? You know, and I always... I knew that that was available to me, but it still spooked me. So medium is more like that you, John Edwards guy, dead. like that yeah. guy on on TV. Remember? The medium, that the person between yeah you and you and it. Okay, um, and so but basically, so I thought about it, and I but I didn't book anything in. But it was funny. I was in um, Taormina, and I got an email from a really well-known psychic um, in Australian psychic who, who lives in Mexico saying, congratulations, you've reached the top of the waiting list. Um, follow these like links if you want a book. And I was like thinking to myself, when did I put my name down for this? Because some of them are so in demand and like they they make you like join these long-ass waiting oh, lists for like been, three years. I think it would have might have only been a year, but like that only would have taken me back to last May, which is, I don't know why. I think I was more, I had maybe signed up for it more, more for a psychic reading because mm. I, anyway, so that rolled around. It really spooked me. Because um, you don't remember even signing up. And it was at the time where I was thinking about it. And I was also just really like worrying how dad was and if he was okay. And, um, yeah, having a hard time. So I sat with it for a few days and I, you know, build up the guts to book in. And so anyway, I had this, I, I would actually say out of all the mystical experiences I have had um, with other people, like a third party, <laughs> I would say that has the, the medium I saw in May was the most profound and, and really actually helped me because basically the takeaways were, and he he absolutely came through because he was talking about because my sister and I were both in Italy at the time. He had a lot of messages for her, and that was the reason why I knew it was him because he was talking about tattoos of birds on arms and pointing to, you know, there were just things that were um, too specific, really. And so I would have to say that would have been the most profound experiences because also I'm not just sitting opposite somebody and you know, no matter how good they are and how many wonderful psychics I've seen in the past, they're talking, they're, uh, this is such a new experience for me, which I've really allowed myself to. Like I always felt like I saw and heard ghosts and I've been quite sensitive since a child, since I was a child, but um, I think it's always like spooked me. I've never gone there because because of that. And so I was quite proud that I allowed myself to open up and be open to the experience and allow dad in the spirit world come and through and talk to me. Mm. And um. Also, my sister, who was also struggling at the time, my youngest sister, she booked it in with somebody separate, I don't know, somewhere else in the world the next week. And he, they said the same, they said the exact same things. So, and they even weren't, the way that dad came through. Vague, like they weren't vague things. I know you've told me you don't have to say it publicly, but like, yeah, they're not vague things that they've, that they're they've very, said. very specific. And like dad would like, the way that he came through, it was honestly like the the medium was saying a script both times. But was that helpful? Like, oh, is it, that it, so honest, helpful? Basically, Dad was he came through. He was he's with his best friend. Honestly, like it sounds crazy and ridiculous, 
but he had to go. In the end, like dad has like, got to go now. And had, he was going. And so basically the message was dad was fine. He was reconnecting with his best friend, his uncle. He was having a great time. And the same with my sister. It was just like dad had to, and he was doing, because dad was had really, really low mobility in the end. Like dad would just do like thumbs up and peace signs when you like said hello or when, you know, and that's what was happening. So dad's like, you got to go. Like the psychic said or medium said, your, your dad's got to go now. Your dad's here um, or whatever. And he, he's giving you the peace signs, giving you the thumbs up. So dad, it's like dad, you know, he was being obviously dragged through the mud for a few years is what he went through. But, and this is what I believe. I believe this before I knew how he felt up there, up, up there. But I believe where a majority of us go, hopefully all, that it's a place of pure bliss. I just needed to know that my dad was okay because what I saw in the end, I was worried that he was kind of, you know, he might be here. I don't know if you've ever seen Intergalactic and like the, in the other dimension. Yes. And he's just here and he's like, help me, yeah. get me out. Mm. So basically, I honestly. You needed to see confirmation of peace. Yeah. Like, it, and it didn't dry my eyes completely. Like I think I still went through a bit of a, Weird, but it, it really, really, really helped. All I needed to know, if that's okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm real about it. As I was real about it, like, you know, he's not here. He hasn't been here for a few months. But I was like, as long as he's not suffering. And so, you just felt some energetic peace. Absolutely. And then, and I agree with that because I was just going to say, like, my, my dad was the same. Like, I didn't see anyone for it, but I had to really meditate and meditate. And yeah, I've never wanted because I was, I've never really lost anyone where. I was so close mm. and I've needed that peace. Like, you know, I've always just trusted. Mm -hmm. But I think when you know someone and you just like know what it looks like to see them cry or sad or wince or, you know what I mean? Like you just kind mm. of like, I need to, I need confirmation of peace. Yeah. I got it as well with like, my, and the way my dad kind of said it to me was like, you got to let me go. Like, mm. you're just not letting me go. And I, if you're making me stick around, I can't get on with what I got to do here. And it was such a, I remember telling you that before, mm. and it was like, it's such a peaceful feeling. Like, it's yeah. like fi finality and you can be like, okay, they're actually mm. gone. You know, if I bring them back here, it's like just for this special stuff. Like, they just want to see love and bliss and happiness. Mm. They don't want me to see this worried, scared, like, you know, yeah. like also, anxiety. It's, you know, what I was trying to really, really acquaint myself with and get used to is like, it's such, it's a natural part of life. And so, but also, so I really was doing my best to accept that this is what happens and it's going to happen again. And to other people that you know, if I don't go first, but like, no. but, but it was just that thing that, not that final stage, because I still feel like I'm in it. But it was just like that. It was just part of um, just needing to know that he was okay. And, yeah, people might think I'm crazy, but it really helped. And then... No, I think whatever it, can get you to that peace is like, yeah, it's fine. But I think as well, I had some pretty crazy experiences, not with mediums, but when I went to Greece and up until last week before I had left, he was still around. It was... I had some pretty, you know, it has been a really crazy year as far as things that you can't make up. I think they always spiritually pop in and out. Oh, yeah. What, well, like what? Can you say? Oh, just, I woke up one, I was telling my mum, because I am just haven't seen mum since the start of the year as well, so I'm just telling her all my ghost stories this week. <laughs> when I first got to Greece, I went to um, Hydra basically straight away, and um, 
I woke up one morning to someone love. hugging me. What? Hugging me in bed from behind, like spooning but hugging in a friendly way, in a loving way. Like a feeling of <laughs> someone doing that. Holding my body. Yeah. A, a, and it actually didn't feel like a warm, like a, a light or anything behind me. It felt like someone was in bed behind me. And I would speak to my sister who lives in Italy almost every day because we're on the same time zone. And that morning she called me and she goes, you'll never guess what happened this morning. The weirdest thing happened to me. She goes, dad was hugging me in bed. And then and there I was like, no, dad was hugging me. So we've had, there's been like little things like that. And then um, lots of um, coincidences and even up until, I don't know, it, it sounds silly. And I think this, it's, I shouldn't say that because it means a lot to me and it even if it is silly or and it's not true, it's I have these little things, coincidences, if you will, or as I said, I believe that there's none. They have helped me create meaning in a year that doesn't really make sense or, you know. I, I feel, I reckon there's something to that because I've read things, um, I read something recently, I can't remember where it was. <clears throat> I'm so hopeless at saving stuff sometimes. But I read something that said when you're looking for answers and you're truly open, like you're just going to be looking for, you just need to be open because you're, mm. you're every, every, it's everywhere. everything mm. will be, you know, com- confirmed. Mm. Like, you know, and it is true. It's just like you kind of, you just got to stay open, mm. especially when you're in grief. And I think that's what grief reminds you to do. It m- reminds you to stay open because you really don't have any fucking mm. choice. Like the whole thing is just happening to you anyway. So you may as well just stay open yeah. and let it kind of pass through you instead of having like these resistances mm. because that's actually not the point of being here. You're supposed to experience life, not control it. Absolutely. And looking back, you know, to your more to your point, I wish I didn't hold back wherever I was in the street, sucking back tears, or if I just didn't want to go anywhere that day, or if I, cause there were a lot, you know, it's so, I've had a cliche year, but like, it's true. I that think, whole thing about not wanting to get out of bed is a thing. It created, I had such high social anxiety. I thought people were looking at me all the time. I didn't want to go out, you know, like I only wanted to drink and smoke and, you know, I didn't, took myself to Europe, but didn't want to be like, you know, I really, I, I re, I've resisted most of the year, but I look, look, look back now and I wish I just let myself be a little bit of a mess and oh, maybe, yeah. I think um, you did. I think you're doing a good job. I think that's, you're being, because I, I, I think you've, 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 you're doing a good job. <laughs> I also think that's such a good um, yeah. thing to, just to say to anyone who's feeling anything, any kind of grief, even if it's you know, a breakup or, Mm. you know, even if it's like, you know, job or whatever, like, you know, there's different parts of life where you can feel such severe disappointment. And I think, you know what, what, what I have learned from like living in, in grief is fucking cry anywhere. Like Mm. just do it. It's not as bad as you think. Mm. You can cry absolutely anywhere and people will go, are you okay? And you just say, no, I'm actually not okay. Like something's happened to me. Yeah. I'll just, just, I'll just, Yeah. They tell people. Yeah. I feel like that's where I've made nice connections when I look back now to like specific parts of the year where I've opened myself up or just, you know, I met some really lovely people and some guys and some girls and whatever. But, um, you know, even a guy I met on Tinder, like he happened to like have so much, you know, end up being becoming really great friends. But the more I opened up and told my story, it was just like, 
you know, was the more I heard a similar one back to me. Mm. About, you know, someone losing the person I was speaking to, losing someone's or, yeah, similar story. Yeah, and it, it really just allowed, and that's where I feel like where I was resisting people or places when I opened up to it, I, I saw the lesson. Sound, I sound pathetic, but like... No, you don't. <laughs> and I, I honestly, that's what has really helped me. I have been on a journey and but I think, helping create meaning. Yeah, but I think the opposite is true as well, which is like cry anyway, but also laugh anywhere. Like if you're ready to laugh like three seconds after hearing terrible news, do it. Like there's no rules. Mm. Like, you know, some things are just funny and like they just happen. Like I remember like the dad's cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's terrible. Yeah. No, but yeah. it's like, it is. It's like just laugh anywhere too. And I think <clears> you've <throat> done a good job of that. I think we've had some lull times mm. in the, in the past year. Yeah. It was like, as well, I think you're supposed to experience the whole spectrum of emotion. You can't just like live in one ne- negative kind of aspect of it all. Which is, you know. Absolutely. And that you've been writing poetry. I'm just trying to write some happy stuff. I never want to be like, and I know you don't either, I don't want to be like the grief girl. I don't no. love sharing, um, oversharing sometimes, but I do think that it's important to share. I posted this quote. Oh, my God, where is it? I hate it when I can't find things and when I can't. I'm such a bad, like, rememberer. Oh, from of the Paris of you. says, yeah, who was yeah. it? Was it who, who Those was it? who have the courage Edgar? to write anything or was something. Was it Edgar Allan Poe? Who was it who said it? Yeah, and it just said, I have, yeah, E.B. White. I admire anyone who has the guts to write anything at all, which I think is just so hmm. true. It's like that quote of, um, Love Actually, which I think about often. Um, but I can't remember the character's names, but sh- woman is speaking to her friend, man, man friend who's just lost his wife. And she says, come on, blah, blah, blah. Like no one wants to shag someone that's crying all the time. Yes. And I, yeah. I, that leaves rent free in my head or has this year. So, you know, I let myself get it out but I also just I don't it's also just it's not me as much as I think it is me that I can kind of like see through bullshit and be real and I actually don't you know like that cynical part of me I think though but I also am like there's I also like no I'm capable of more and no one wants to shag (laughs) (laughs) I think what's her name um it was um to to Liam Neeson's character yeah yeah it was um Emma Emma Thompson, Thompson to Liam Deason. Re- fucking yes, brilliant. Stop crying all the time. No one, no, yeah, no, no one's a shag and crying all the time. <laughs> um, that's just stayed with me since I probably saw that when I was 12. And I was like, isn't it funny some of the movie good. lines that stay in your head and you're just it's like. here in Byron, actually. Yeah, really? Mm. Up here. That was so iconic. That's still, I watch that every Christmas still. I love it. Thank you for coming on, P. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to me. You're welcome. Just I'm excited. Just jokes into the, the bad yes. Into the microphone. <laughs> Well, but yeah, no. Come back anytime. time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All the best. Let's <laughs> <a> wrap up. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Thank you for spending this time with yourself and the soft and curious. If you enjoyed, please rate and review this episode and share it with your friends. It's how we grow. I hope you're feeling joyful and kind. This episode was made on Bundjalung Country. It was produced and presented by me, Jessica Lay, and technical production and arrangement by Podpaste. Thank you to Blueberry Music Studio, where we record.